This is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are so happy that you're here and we're doing cocktails today. And guess what? I have two guests, not one, but two. I have Joanne who's in the house. Say hi, Joanne. Hi. And I have Tomiko Townley. Hello. She's a friend of the family and she's in the house. And she made some cocktails. What cocktails you make? I made a Ramos Gin Fizz. Ooh, that sounds good. Joanne, what did you make? I made a gin sidecar. And I made a naval strength gimlet. Typical dad style. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna start with Tomiko's drink again. And we have some snacks today. We have Joanne, tell us what we have. We have some potato chips. All right. And some pimento cheese on little croissants. But mainly, it's not necessarily to match the food. It's just because we're drinking a lot of alcohol. <laughs> yes, yes. Back. Mom, the mom mm-hmm. side of me. So, Tomiko, your drink is absolutely gorgeous. And looks like you've already tasted a little uh, bit. I did. I had to make all sure right. that I wasn't going to poison you all. So, first thing we need to do is a little cheers. 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 Salute. Cheers. Salute. Like Italy. So, before we get started with your drink, and you've already had some, (laughs) I'm going to ask you a couple questions. One of which is, tell us your origin story of the alcohol world. Okay. Well, I think, like most connoisseurs of alcohol... I was raised around a lot of alcohol, lots of parties. But you see, I wasn't. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) We all find our way. Yes. This is not, you know, super uplifting, but both of my parents were alcoholics, so it just happened to be that alcohol was always around. And one of my dad's favorites was squirt and rum, white rum, which just looks like squirt. So yeah, he snuck it. I think that that was my uh, initial tasting alcohol was mistaking a squirt for some squirt and rum. And I was like, Bleh, I'm never going to like this. And slowly but surely, once I became 21, I really spent a lot of time in San Francisco and was able to try all of these things without the risk of driving around. I could take public transportation. And I was like, this is where it's at, man. And when I was younger and cuter, everybody would buy me drinks. So yeah. now that I have to purchase my own, it's, mm. I'm a little bit more, you know. And under COVID, the price has moved up, hasn't it? It has. It yes. really has. Yes, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's a lovely treat. <laughs> yes. So that's kind of my origin story. And if you look around this room, we have our share of it. <laughs> I see it. This is a party room. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, and I should have already said that, but thank you so much for coming. We're excited that you're here. It's always fun to do a podcast, and it's fine if I just don't have to talk to dead air, but I know you listeners, you're out there, but it's always fun to be talking to Joanne, too. Yeah. So this is this is a special treat. Now, the second question, how the did you question. discover this drink, this Ramos Gin Fizz? Well. My husband is a bartender. Um, I'm going to shout him out. Michael McInnes, go tip him fat at the Capitol Bar and Grill. 
he loves New Orleans, has been there a million times. And he took me to New Orleans and showed me like all of the fancy cocktail spots. And one of my favorite was in the Roosevelt Hotel. There's the Sazerac Bar. And so the Sazerac Bar claims that the Ramos Gin Fizz was created there. Okay. But I did a little history digging. Okay. All right. Good for you. And actually, the drink goes all the way back to the 1880s. Um, And there was this hotel called the Imperial Cabinet in 1887. And that was a bar. Ramos, his full name. Let me get his full name before I forget it. Um, Mr. Henry C. Ramos was known as like, what do they call him? He didn't want to get drunk, but he liked teetotaling. That's, That's the word that they used. So he started making these drinks, but he wanted to make sure that nobody was too intoxicated in the bar. So he created this drink that originally had a 12 to 15 minute shake time. Mm -hmm. So that alone will keep you waiting for a cocktail, right? You might sober up between the first one and the second one. (laughs) Never mind. I need a Coca-Cola. Exactly. Forget it. (laughs) Or a Cuba Libra. (laughs) Exactly. Just throw something in there. But then this cocktail became so famous that at one point they needed to have like 20 bartenders because of the shake time and because of the demand. So then, I don't know if you know about this, but prohibition happened at one point. And so. Oh, I know about. (laughs) So. I'm not that old, but. Ramos um, decided that he, he was totally supportive of prohibition, closed his bar, all of that. And then he sold the recipe. Well, he published the recipe first, but then he Mm. sold the recipe to the Roosevelt Bar. Okay. And so that's why they're allowed to claim that they created the Ramos Gin Fizz. But Huey P. Long, who was another famous New Orleans person. Now, when was the first time you had this drink? Oh, the first time I had this drink was 2016. And I've, I've, I had two because it was so delicious but we were there for a really long time. Um, and every time we go back, I'm like, can we please go get a Ramos Gin Fizz? But I, then this Huey P. Long, I'm sorry for this long history lesson. No, 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 that's he, fine. That's what this is all about. History and he, drinking. <laughs> he loved the cocktail so much that he had one of his bartenders fly with him to mm-hmm. New York to be able to make this drink. And so that's kind of how it was spread beyond New Orleans. Okay. So, you know, it it goes off of what a normal gin fizz would be, but then Huey P. Long just added the cream and the orange blossom water and some of the other things that make it as sweet and tasty as it is. So that's the history of the gin fizz. And my history is that I just have always craved it every time we go to New Orleans. (laughs) And now I tried to make it. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, dry shake first. So you do a little bit of, well, you do an egg white, half an ounce of heavy cream. We got orange blossom water. Where For anybody that's an orange blossom water fan, had to look for that. They sell it at Alibaba on University. <laughs> okay. Explain um, for our listeners, they may not know what dry shake actually means. 
Absolutely. So a dry shake is without the ice in the shaker. And the point of that is really just to mix up those drinks and kind of get them frothy, especially with an egg white. Mm-hmm. You add the cream to it and it gets even more frothy. Mm-hmm. So you do a dry shake and there's lots of different versions that everybody has. The one that I did was just add a little ice cube into it so that it didn't pop when I added all the, the rest of the ice. Oh, sure. So okay. egg white, cream, lemon, lime juice, orange blossom water, gin. Shake that. And then you shake that for a really long time. <laughs> um, and then once you kind of hear that that one ice cube or however much you had in the shaker is gone... Then you add more ice, mm-hmm. shake it again, mm-hmm. keep shaking, shaking, shaking. You pour it into a highball glass, which is the tall skinny. She's been here since like 1230 shaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My muscles are feeling flexed. I am like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So after that, you want to make sure that the froth stays intact and you put a straw or like a spinning i'm sorry a stir spoon in the middle of it and pour just regular soda water into Mm -hmm. it so that it kind of gives it a little bit of bubbles Mm -hmm. and then a lemon twist garnish and that's it amazing Amazing. (laughs) well and i'll tell you what though i have had not very many egg white drinks but i've never had one that stood up like this one yeah I just want to shout that out. That is a big compliment. Is it, yours okay? Oh, mine's, it looks a little mine's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, gin is not my favorite drink. Mm-hmm. I heard you're a bourbon guy. <laughs> I'm Scotch. more oh, of a Scotch. Scotch guy. But this combination of the different parts to this drink really make it fantastic. Yay. And the, the gin doesn't present itself like sometimes like be forewarned <laughs> my drink will present itself with lots of gin i'm down i love gin <laughs> okay. joanne and i love gin so do you know what alcohol by volume abv this might be it's probably pretty low it's two ounces of gin okay but this this highball that it's in is a 12 ounce glass right I don't know. The and the egg white was two and a half inches, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to say the ABV was 10. Okay. Somewhere in there. I'm guessing. So it's a little appetizer drink for what we're getting <laughs> well, into. Well, we can drink several more <laughs> <laughs> later. Joanne's over there with her straw, just sucking it down. What do you think, Joanne? It is very interesting. I, when I first tasted it, I thought, well, Tastes a little strange. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about the orange blossom water being in it. And that is a very unique combination with the lemon Fragrant. and lime. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. tastes kind of like a little perfumey almost. Yeah, yeah. But it does have some bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. What's the bitterness? Probably the lemon and uh-huh. lime right. juice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, if we were going to try some orange blossom water on its own, I bet it. I bet it has some of that very like, potpourri flavors. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. But it's awesome. I'm glad y'all like it. Yeah. That makes Does me Michael really happy. ever make these for you? Hell no. <laughs> oh. 
Are you kidding you me? After sh- 12 hours of work, he's going to come shake in a <laughs> cocktail for 12 minutes. I mean, he would. He would do it. He's a good man, but He doesn't I'm get pretty, home till late. Yeah. And, and I'm usually asleep. Yeah, you studied for hours. Now, either Joanne could or I could or you could. I'm going to let you. How did you meet Joanne? Or how did you meet me? Okay. How do we know each other? Um, I actually don't know either of you. I just kind of showed up and you were like, do you want to make a cocktail? And I was okay. like, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, that's the end of uh, her part of the show. No, Joanne <laughs> taught me everything I know about how to be a SNAP or a Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program Advocate. So our work and my privilege of knowing both of you is through work with the Arkansas Hunger Relief Alliance. Mm-hmm. John, you are committed to every opportunity that there is some sort of gleaning project. I am. Um, and we can it's count been, on it's you. It's been kind of lean is the right word. It's <laughs> <laughs> been sort of sparse and lean because well, of COVID. It's been hard to do it. And also you are like retired and traveling the world, which is <laughs> are very well. important things after a career of <laughs> great work. Right. And Joanne and I have stayed in touch because we like each other. We do. <laughs> I like Joanne a lot. We run in some of the same circles for right. women's uh, politics and yes. advocacy. Right. Uh, and just fun because I went to an event that you were the bartender for over at, oh, for the uh, Hispanic Outreach. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. El Zocalo. El Zocalo. I was so impressed that she had made French 75s for the group. Mm -hmm. And, oh, that's great. I need to know this person. (laughs) (laughs) I knew her already. But I had, Josh had introduced me to French 75s, and that was one of my top drinks. Another New Orleans classic. Yes. yes. Actually, I think Jeff Ford did. No. No? It was, anyway. Okay. That's that's true. It was Jeff Ford. But anyhow, and then since then, or even before then, we've been out with the group for drinks, and and, uh, I knew Tomiko knew her cocktails. (laughs) And beyond that, I think I've wanted to stay in y'all's circle because... Not only are you fun and interesting, but you're both very smart and kind and well-known in Little Rock, but you're just good to people. So I want to be around people that are good to people. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. She's just saying that because she's on the show. (laughs) You're (laughs) serving me booze. (laughs) Well, this cocktail is really good. I've never had it. I've actually never had the one I made. Ooh. Well, I did. I had it last night. Yeah. Kind of doing the perfection of the drink. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's typically what I do. So, uh. Classic me. This was the first time I've tried it. Tried making, making it. it. Tried making it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did. <laughs> You're in. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Yes. Okay. I'm writing that down. Tomiko can do anything. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. My next goal is learning how to speak Spanish. So. That's a little bit more challenging than mm-hmm. making a cocktail. Yep. Sign up for Duolingo. Yeah. That's a great app. Where did you get the recipe, this particular one? Did you add things or change things, or did you get just an exact recipe? I know there's probably so many recipes of any drink mm-hmm. on the 
World Wide Web. Totally. That you can, yeah, that you can find all kinds of different ones. So did you try different ones before you landed on this one? No, I tried to find the one that was closest to the original because mm-hmm. that was the one that I liked the most. Okay. And I think that this came from gambinos.com. Mm. That's where the history came from and the recipe. But I kind of, I mean, I didn't measure everything out perfectly, kind of just threw it in there. So if Sign I were to good do bartender. it, <laughs> if I were to do it, you know, and really shake it for 15 minutes, I think that that would be different. But I, the, the most interesting thing to me researching this was how everybody has a different way of doing the shortcut versus mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. 15 minute shake, which is understandable. Getting to see a professional bartender at the Roosevelt Sazerac bar was really interesting, and I also felt guilty for asking him to shake something for 15 minutes. How long did, did he shake it, 15 yeah, minutes? Yeah, he shook it for 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And did we it were, make that much a difference from it, two minutes? On the froth. On the froth, it would, and and the froth is supposed to go above the cup. Oh, so it has really firm mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're getting the... Um, Tamiko version. We which would is, have never known. Well, then I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> okay, I'll edit that out. <laughs> Not really. We'll just go to New Orleans together. <laughs> there one we day. go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know that's a that's a uh, interesting aspect of this cocktail because bartenders and your husband could probably vouch for this. When they get slammed, they don't have fifteen minutes. To shake a cocktail. They don't have two minutes (laughs) to shake a cocktail because everybody at the bar is doing like this, Mm -hmm. wanting their cocktail, Mm -hmm. and he's over there shaking number one and you're number 50 (laughs) (laughs) waiting for your drink. That's why one time they had 20 different bartenders. And I think what I another tidbit I heard was that each bartender would shake it for a minute and pass it down. Oh, and then, okay. you know, by the time that they get down to the bottom, then, you know, everybody is. Okay, that makes served. sense. But to have 15 different bartenders. It's kind of costly. Yeah. 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 It is be- no longer the 1880s. Or- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of costly, when you last bought this drink, what was the price point? Mm-hmm. I think it was 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I was going to say it's probably pretty costly. And then we tip them fat because you mm-hmm. got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His arm. <laughs> It's broken off, just hanging there. If he's right-handed, his right arm's as big as a gorilla's. (laughs) Other side is small as can be. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm glad y'all like it. Yeah. Thank you for drinking it. Thank you. Anything you want to say about it? No. That you hadn't already? I liked it more than I thought it would. There you go. Mm -hmm. It's fun trying new stuff. Well, let's see. Joanne, you, you have a cocktail, but you also said that you want to talk about gin and how they're different and maybe dry gin versus the others. Okay. So you want to go into that? Well, yes. Uh, I think I love Acquired Tastings uh, podcasts, but they really do neglect gin mm. because they're Josh not and gin I don't drinkers. Drink much of it. <laughs> and there is bourbon <laughs> and there's whiskey and there's more whiskey and rum every once in a while. There's a sidebar. We did a gin episode, and it's been a long time ago. Okay. And typically, when we drink alcohol, we drink it straight. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. No ice, no water. 
Neat. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Neat. That's correct. That's how you say <laughs> it. And we did gin, and we were both going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then at the end of the podcast, we typically have a blind tasting. Oh, of all the different. Well, uh, of one. Of an alcohol. It oh, doesn't okay. have to be a particular gin, but what we did is we called in Miss Joanne, the gin expert mm-hmm. of the family. And, a good title. <laughs> and we blinded her on a gin, and she nailed it. <laughs> Ooh, got lucky. It. Got lucky. It. There has to be luck involved, but we have how many gins in this house? Yeah. I think that that anyway, you just got to that was fun. pat yourself yeah. on the back yeah. for that one. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, because Jen is neglected on this podcast, and it uh, has become more and more popular, and there's just like everything else in our world, so many different options that, um, and and I've introduced to some of my friends my new, well, before before the one I did today, my favorite gin, until Empress came along, is the Botanist. My last and, favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, gin and tonic, just a basic gin and tonic with Botanist and Fever Tree Tonic Light or India Indian style or whatever. Have you had Botanist before? Yeah. It's lovely. But it is not a London Dry gin. And for just for your knowledge, if you're not a studier of gins, you hear London dry gin, and it does not have to uh, originate in London. It just has to be uh, distilled with the botanicals in the distillation process. And, and all gin, I'm pretty sure, has to have the juniper berry to be considered right. a gin. Uh, but there's now so many different flavors and all. But the London dry gin is just, uh, the requirement is that the uh, botanicals are distilled, not added after distillation. So I think the term that I read was there's London dry gin and then there's distilled gin. And so uh, there's uh, all sorts of gins that add uh, different things to it, flavors. And the one that I'm about to do actually adds a very special ingredient. Um, So anyway, that was just sort of my little lesson. Gin lesson for all you listeners, and especially uh, for people who want to try new gins, just try them because there's you never know what you might you might actually uh, find you like. And the botanist, I think we were traveling and I saw it. It was such a pretty bottle in a duty free store, and I bought some. And it is from Scotland, and I don't think we were even in Scotland at the time I bought it. But anyway, I, if I hadn't seen that beautiful bottle. I may have missed out on it. <laughs> it is beautiful. And my brother, I will have to shout out to my brother-in-law who introduced me to Fever Tree Tonic and how important that is um, to have a good tonic with your gin and tonic. So anyway, that's all I need to say. You want me to do my cocktail or are you going to do yours? No, we'll do yours. Okay. So what is your cocktail again? Well, my cocktail is the most beautiful cocktail in the world. Amen. Uh, <laughs> it is called a gin sidecar. And, you know, if you're a sidecar fan like I am and my friend Becky, we like uh, sidecars with cognac. Mm-hmm. They're just so delicious. And I must say that Josh Mills makes the best sidecars 
in the world. Mm. Uh, and so I've tried to copy him a little bit on this. But I was um, last summer at South on Main, and uh, they had a, their specialty cocktail that day was Bumblebee Lady or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but uh, I ordered it, and it came out purple, and it had a lavender bitters or something in it. So I assumed that that's what made it purple. But And it was, it was a pretty good, pretty good. But I asked the, the bartender, I said, what kind of gin did you use in that? And she showed me this um, Empress gin. And so I said, oh, okay. And then it was only a couple of weeks later, I was in an event there, and the signature cocktail was purple again, and it was a lemonade with Empress gin. And so I was telling Josh, my son, who's the cocktail expert, about how much I liked it. And he goes, oh, yeah, that Empress gin has peaberry flower. And peaberry flower reacts with acid like lemon juice and turns purple. It's blue in the bottle. But when you add it in a cocktail with an, an acidic, you know, juice, then it turns it purple. And so uh, I looked up and I found a, a gin sidecar uh, recipe, and he's been making that for me. And I've learned to make it myself because he's not always around. It's but, a beautiful cocktail. It is. <laughs> it really is beautiful. And these glasses are so beautiful. Well, thank you. They were my mom's. And I think she received, received them when she was married in 1950. And I don't think it was exactly a something she picked out as a bride. But somewhere in her early marriage, uh, she was she bought them or was given given them. And this I do love them. A coup? Well, th- we 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 didn't have any other coops, so we use them as coops. Okay. It doesn't have the little curve in. Oh, gotcha. Which I don't know if that's what a coop, but it is so pretty with the little uh, etching, mm-hmm. the rosy or flower etching. Beautiful. So, Amico, have you tried it? No. Okay, and let me just say one thing. I I have adapted the recipe a little bit because uh, it calls for orange liqueur, and Josh always used Salerno, which is the blood orange, and I think it's a little sweeter. So I did not add the simple syrup, but I did put the sugar uh, on half the rim. So if it's too tart, you can sort of drink a little bit with with the sugared rim. And cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers to a beautiful cocktail with gin, and I used um, I used what did I use? What gin? Empress. Oh yeah, em- <laughs> duh. <laughs> I was thinking I didn't use Bombay Empress. That's right. Mm. Yum. So it's quite tart, and I can sip on one for a long time mm-hmm. because it's it's more alcohol than when you have it mixed with the gin and you know tonic or mm-hmm. something. I don't like martinis or anything that's just mostly all alcohol. It's just too much. So I thought their tasting with straight gin was just pretty, I don't know. I don't think many people do unless they drink martinis. And then it's it's fixed up a little bit. But uh, gin mixes very well in cocktails, in my opinion, because of the the botanicals and the lightness. And we talked about, well, you know, a lot of people, like my cousins in Milwaukee, they only drink gin and tonics in the summer. Right. Because, you know, that's, it is a summery drink. And that is the first place I ever had a gin and tonic was with my uncle in, in Milwaukee. 
But, you know, we're having this Jen episode because Josh is gone. And uh, I've been looking for an opportunity to push a little Jen cocktail on acquired tastings. Jen is an all-year-round cocktail (laughs) component. Well, that's like you can drink drink stouts all year round. Yeah. But a lot of people, because it's dark, they're going to only do it in the winter. Right. Same kind of issue. Mm -hmm. So do you think, uh, Tomiko, that uh, the simple syrup would be better than drinking it with a little of the sugared rim? The way you drink it. Just sipping on it, mm-hmm. I think that it's better without the simple, yeah, and just the sugared rim because then you can kind sure. of, yeah, take your time yeah. and and have as much sugar as you want right. per drink rather than <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Sometimes I'll have to ask for like half of simple because yeah. it can it makes my teeth feel like it like sweaters. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm loving this Good. cocktail. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mister Non Gin Drinker? No, I like it. <laughs> I like it too. I'm Good. not as uh, slow of a sipper as you. <laughs> this will be gone by the time John starts talking about his cocktail. So I would say so. It's it's Empress Gin mm-hmm. and it's Solano, no simple syrup, and uh, lemon juice and lemon juice. Mm-hmm. So the only non-alcoholic component mm-hmm. is the lemon juice, mm-hmm. right? And it's and only if you'd put simple syrup. Mm-hmm. It would have been the simple syrup. Yeah. So for that reason, and I don't know what the Salerno is. Whether it, it's probably thirty-five or so percent alcohol. So this drink is going to be in the in the thirty. Oh yeah, it's it's a strong, my strongest drink, I guess. <laughs> it's a stout boy. Yeah. So your drink. Uh, yeah, didn't have nothing. much. Uh, uh, it's uh, just uh, a milkshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, uh, it was our protein for the day. <laughs> but, I, you know, it's a, it's a good drink, and it's beautiful. It really oh, is. yeah. And I mean, it's so festive. In these these uh, antique, almost antique. I guess they're antique. Well, I guess so. Uh, yeah. 19, they're kind of like I'm an antique. About 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it was before kids. Yeah. They're <laughs> so they had beautiful. A, well, thank you. They, uh, I really enjoy them. And we... Until we started doing cocktails in them, we really didn't use them very no. much at all. My mom and dad, in their entertaining days, they loved to make uh, grasshoppers with cream mm-hmm. de menthe. And, mm-hmm. and I remember them having having them in a tall glass. And that was so elegant. You very know? elegant. <laughs> but I do like the standard coupes, too. They're, mm-hmm. uh, and my friend Becky and I, who enjoy similar cocktails, if we're in a bar and we ask for a cocktail like a sidecar and it doesn't come out in a coupe, forget it. Yep. It's not right. It's right. just not right. I think that's part of the importance of being a bartender. You need to know what glass, mm-hmm. how to serve it. Mm-hmm. And if you have to shake it 15 minutes, okay, you got to shake right. it 15 <laughs> minutes. Right. But you got to put it in the right glass it matters so much it even, really does even though it seems like such a trivial right. thing it really mm-hmm. matters a lot like this right. mm-hmm. i want to be able to smell it and exactly. you know like i want it to i want all of my senses to be awoken when i'm drinking a beautiful cocktail like yeah this. and it's a treat mm-hmm. so it makes you feel good if it looks pretty and it's not just a you know 
So if we had monkey 47, you want to be able to smell all 47 botanicals? Yes, sir. And I will identify them. <laughs> I'll go get, we've got some. No, huh? no we don't. <laughs> we, don't we don't have any. I think we drank it all. But Good. we did have it. Yeah. Yeah. Last it's gone. It's, it's gone way crazy. Well, but. What do you think about Hendrix? Well, see, I am not a cucumber fan. Okay. Now my brother, my brother does, he does order a Hendrix gin. Martini. Martini, yeah. Hendrix Martini Extra Dry with a lemon twist. Right. right. And he is very particular. If it comes out wrong, it goes back. And mm. his Extra Dry, we've talked to him about this. Josh knows how to make them. You put the vermouth in, swirl it around the glass, pour it out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or just sort of hold it over the glass, he says. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Lightly blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael has a little sprayer for absinthe. Oh, oh yeah, so yeah. I bet a spray would work too. Yeah, just a yeah, light mm-hmm. cover. Yeah, yeah. But I Delicious. think the the visual of a cocktail, especially if you're out, you know, for a special night, or you have company, which is what we do a lot, um, to have a pretty cocktail makes it more festive and more like I'm so happy you're here, and I'm so happy we're celebrating you know, whatever we're celebrating. COVID yes. almost being over, or somebody's birthday, or whatever. Or just that we get to drink this yes. beautiful purple <laughs> violet drink. Right, right. It's unique. Mm-hmm. It is unique. So, cheers. So back to your story about dry and London dry gin. Mm-hmm. My understanding is when you make gin with the botanicals, you use a vertical still. And that vertical still means that the Alcohol will vaporize, and you'll have a container up. So you got this vertical that has a little gooseneck on it, and you'll have this botanicals in that gooseneck, and the alcohol will condense back onto those botanicals and then come back down into the still, and you do it multiple times. And that's how you get that flavor. You tell me the engineer. (laughs) <laughs> that's true and that is interesting because as opposed to just throwing them in there at the end right mm-hmm. stirring it up straining it and calling it gin no you got a mm-hmm. whole process there mm-hmm. yep. yeah does that mean you're working on a still in the no, backyard? no no no, no. <laughs> another day no. <laughs> yum but i think that's uh quite interesting that London dry gin that doesn't have to come from London. Right. Right. It is the process. That's like bourbon does not have to come from Kentucky. Right. But I, champagne does have to come, come from champagne. champagne. Unless you're in Russia, it's always there. And tequila <laughs> has to come from that region in Mexico. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, it's mezcal. Right. Well, mezcal is not tequila. But yeah, they're all... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Off we go. Teach me. Teach Mm. me all about it. I am glad I've been able to share this one with the rest of the world because it was a new discovery this this summer. And I think I drank them so often, I sort of had to take a break and go back to gin and tonics or Mm -hmm. I'm simple. I have just a few drinks that I like a lot. This is a special occasion. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I have learned that I, do love sidecars, and I have ordered them in restaurants. Rarely are they as good as the homemade ones here right. on 
at our street. <laughs> well, when we were in Italy, what was the drink that, that you and Becky shared? Oh, that up, was a really beautiful Florence. one. It was a champagne cocktail, wasn't it? That's what they called it, yeah. And I've been trying to figure out how... I do like champagne cocktails of various kinds. and But it was it was beautiful. Uh, I think I'm going to have a print make, made of the picture of it that I took up on, on the Michelangelo. Now, that's an alcoholic for you. Yeah. You take a picture. No. I took but a it picture was... of this drink, and I'm going to make it uh, <laughs> 40 by 30... <laughs> On the wall. <laughs> but Beautiful. It, it was, and I was trying to get it translated off the menu, what was in it, but it was in a um, sort of a, what people would call a margarita glass, I guess, mm-hmm. champagne mm-hmm. glass that had a little divot in it, mm-hmm. and there was a sugar cube. Mm-hmm. There was orange liqueur, I believe. I think that had bitters, too. And a little bit of bitters, and then... Probably Prosecco. Because of the sugar cube and oh, the champagne, mm-hmm. it, was it was like, like effervescent. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was effervescing. And the we, were, we were drinking it at sunset overlooking Florence. So the orange color was just beautiful. Oh, beautiful, my goodness. Beautiful. So that, that was, that's that was worth really a treat. Framed. Yeah. Yes, yes. So anyway. Cheers, Joe. Cheers. Well, so delicious. We'll have to get some of the old gang together and make these for uh-huh. you know, people who work in the field of hunger relief and poverty um, amelioration and, you know, fighting for the, the things that uh, that need to happen in this country. They work hard and it's heart-wrenching and a good get-together with friends and drinks. Yes. It's important. It's very important. Debriefing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> is essential. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, that's the sidecar, the Jen sidecar with Empress Jen. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> well, and I have tried, okay, I'll make one other, I was going to make one other comment. I have tried gin and tonic with Empress Jen and I have tried um, hmm, some other Maybe that I tried to do that lemonade thing, but I didn't know what else they had in it. It just didn't go. This is the way to go with okay. with Empress Gin, and I'm not sure why. I think let it speak for itself. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's that orange liqueur that really I think accentuates the makes it prettier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. All sure right. Is. All right. So you ready to go to the gimlet? Ah. Uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead and talk about it. I'll I'll finish this slowly and then I'll... Okay. Drink like a sailor. (laughs) Drink a gimlet. So the gimlet was invented and they don't know really who did it. There was a Dr. Gimlet and it's spelled, his name is spelled different. They thought maybe he invented it. Mm -hmm. But there is a handheld device called a gimlet Mm -hmm. that, that the sailors used. I don't know what it looked like. I didn't research it and find a picture, but it must be like a little hand drill. Okay. I'm turning my hand, and I guess the... (laughs) Not a visual medium. Not a a visual, but the listeners can get it. I'm I'm holding, and it's like a drill. It was... And what they needed to do was the sailors and the pirates were getting scurvy Mm. because they would run out of limes or lemons or whatever they had they didn't know what we know today there's so many different 
foods that have vitamin C because that's what scurvy is. It's a vitamin C deficiency. So the gimlet was invented to help counteract that. Well, the Navy and the sailors, and I'm sure the pirates, Captain Jack, of course, he, he drank rum, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he would drink a gimlet if it was put in front of him, was they got their rum or their gin ration every day. Oh. But they needed the lime. So what they did was, there is, and this is what I use, you can use the actual lime and make a simple syrup, but the whole point of this drink is gin. I used Heyman's Naval Strength Gin, mm-hmm. which is 57% alcohol. <laughs> 114 proof. So just really chill. <laughs> Super light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I use Rose's lime juice. So Rose's lime juice was created back in the 1800s. And it was lime juice that they could put on board and take for the sailors. And it didn't have alcohol in it, so they didn't have to do that preservative thing of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so it it just had sweetness. It had the sugar. So that's what I used. And the so the ratio, there, there's a movie called The Long Goodbye in 1953. And they said half and half. Now, I don't think he was using naval strength. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh, two, two ounces of the naval strength and two-thirds of an ounce of the lemon juice. Okay. So it's quite alcoholic. And that's it? That's it. Now, mm. the, it's, it's again like I asked you, Tamiko. There's all kinds of recipes all over the web. Mm-hmm. So what, which gin did you use? The Heyman's. Oh, that's right. Naval. Why can't I keep this gin stuff? See that I'm a simple person. <laughs> so you wanted simple syrup in it then. And the first, the first time, and I'm not sure where that bottle came from, but uh, also at South on Main, uh, I was there for back when they had perform or some performances, and I ordered a a gin and tonic, and it came out. It was so strong, and so I asked the bartender, I said, "Did you? Was it like double gin?" And he showed me this uh, naval string, Royal Dock naval string. Yeah, that's another one. And and uh, that's part of the story too. That the navy, the Royal British Navy, you know, they went out on these long trips and and they really loved the London dry gin, but it wasn't quite strong enough. So they asked the distillers to make it double strength, and didn't take up as much space on the ship. And you know the uh, sailors. Could handle it could or ration it. Where, yeah, where you know where it could they go? But I avoid it mostly <laughs> <laughs> right now. Right, <laughs> especially after two other gin drinks. Oh, this might be a sipper. Yes, I'm a, I'm a big fan. So we oh, are worked you? our way up from yeah 10, from my milkshake, yep. milkshake, whatever uh-huh. egg mm-hmm. shake to maybe the thirty percent. Now we're at. Fifty percent, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, Josh laughs. Miko may just stay over the <laughs> night. <laughs> well, that's what Josh laughs, and he says, "Yep, Dad, doubled the scotch again." <laughs> well, this is not scotch, and I didn't double anything. 
One of the recipes I saw was two and a half ounces of gin. Wow. But I don't think it was the navel strength. <laughs> gotcha. Now, why did you decide to use the navel strength? Was that the recipe? That's part of this. That's The gimlet? Well, History. you can find different recipes, but that's what this recipe that I'm using Mis- talked about. Mr. Make It a Double mm-hmm. decided to use double well, strength. If it's for the Navy, <laughs> why aren't you using naval strength? Amen. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Yep. And the other thing about the tool, they, the gimlet tool, maybe the drink was named after the tool or the piercing effect that this drink has. The you then unload all <laughs> sorts of right oversharing information okay. that will come out of that drill. <laughs> mm. I like it. And it's pretty with this lime garnish. It is with slice. the lime slice and in a nice hoop, mm-hmm. which we borrowed. But I might put that on my Christmas list, some coops like this. These are, Josh's are really These are Josh's coops. These are Josh's coops. They are beautiful. One of the things Josh says about a garnish, and see, I didn't squeeze the garnish. I just dropped it in. Mm -hmm. It was on the edge when we started. A lot of things, a lot of times Josh will say, you don't need a garnish because what's the purpose of a garnish? It's just to make it look pretty. Well, I don't need it to look pretty. Let's just drink. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's just drink it. Exactly. (laughs) I like garnishes. I think they're very important to the overall experience. I do too. Yeah. And I gotta say, I've been, I've become more and more of a garnish snob. Oh, being married. Well, that's the other thing that a bartender mm-hmm. needs to know. Yeah. He needs to know which, which glass, mm-hmm. how much shaking, <laughs> how to mix it. Mm-hmm. And he can, he can ad lib and he can, he can do his own thing. Right. But he also needs to know is Pop. a garnish needed to make it look pretty or not? Right. Most of those bourbon and scotch drinks, mm-hmm. I'm I'm the same way. I don't want anything. There's nothing. No, there, I don't don't put anything else on here. But the more like the clear or liquors, the, and the, the mixed up, the Negronis. Oh, in, in Italy, the they do have to have an orange on them. Yes. Yeah. And did y'all have Aperol spritz? Yes. Not an Aperol. I tried fan. really hard to like those, but it's a little on the bitter for you my You like voice. that? I love that, and I love a Campari mm. spritz. Yeah. Oh, but everybody on, was I've drinking some Campari. We'll sip on Campari Every, later. Everybody was drinking. We'll have to do uh, an Italian uh, cocktail. A tour, uh, a cocktail yes, tour. tour of, yeah. Now, I really am glad to know about this uh, lime juice that has the sugar with it. Mm-hmm. I can tell that makes this drinkable to me, and that may be what I need to do with the with the, or with the, the sidecar. sidecar. Because it's still option. really tart uh, to me. And and I think I almost like that better than drinking it on a real sugary So rim. what do you think about her drink? Would that... With the, love, the sweetened lime, ju- lime juice might... It might change the um, the overall like flavor profile. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could do like blood orange in your simple syrup mix. Mm-hmm. Just to get some of that citrus, but then also, you know, preserve the main ingredients. But I bet, I mean, you can't, well, it'll be good with what Josh, lime, too. I must give a shout out to Josh. When he makes any sidecars during blood orange season, mm-hmm. he does use 
blood orange juice. He goes and buys the blood oranges. Yeah, and squeezes them. Yeah. Or you can buy, occasionally you I can. I got to meet this Josh oh, you guy. <laughs> well, he'll probably really want to meet you, too. So, <laughs> uh, it's a seasonal fruit. You know, yeah, it only yeah. grows or is available in the winter. Right. And so, sometimes you can, he's maybe at Fresh Market or uh, Whole Foods, he's found actually blood orange juice. Well, I bought them, too. But Already, yeah. It's. You know, you're buying this fruit. It's it's illegal to cut it open at the grocery store. <laughs> or I assume it is. Yeah. <laughs> to, to to know really what it looks mm, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sometimes you get it home and you cut it open and it's dry. Wow. And you really don't have that. It's like these limes today that we use. Good they and juicy. They were so good and juicy. Yeah. yeah. I'm in law school, so I'll I'll research that for you, John. There you okay. go. Just like <laughs> how you tell blood orange open. <laughs> I got your back. There is probably a way to tell the, if the fruit is juicy or not. I mean, usually if it's sort of shriveled or light, mm-hmm. it's going to be dry. It's hard to tell. Heavy. But it's the luck of the draw. Yeah. So, John, I'm impressed. Can I ask a question, even though this is not my podcast? Sure. You can ask any question you want to. <laughs> um, it depends on whether I answer or not. Or Joanne. Do you all have any specific fond memories of when you first tried these cocktails i know you shared some right well this this is the first time john's had it oh other other than testing (laughs) other than testing last night would have been Mm -hmm. the first time okay i tested with the juice and just uh, a lime and simple syrup okay and this was much better yeah to my palate i i really think gimlets were hot back in the 60s Mm -hmm. weren't they because I I remember well, like this movie said 1953. So yeah, yeah, and I don't and know. They, they we... fell out of favor. I mean, I don't remember ever even hearing anybody that liked gimlets in our generation. My parents' generation and my aunts and uncles. I think I remember them talking about or ordering. Mm-hmm. So our generation, it was like sweet, sweet, sweet. Mm. Oh, when we were in college, it was like rum and coke. Yeah, uh, daiquiris, Some strawberry daiquiris. daiquiris. Yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. Right. And I think before it was, and this is tart. Mm-hmm. It was the tart, not so sweet. High alcohol. High, well, well, either one could have been high alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about <laughs> navel. I don't think navel strength gin in Arkansas in our parents' lives or adulthood when they were drinking. I don't think they ever used double strength, but I do. I do think. Well, my friend uh, Leanne Robertson, you uh-huh. know Leanne. Anyway, she's part pack. Uh, gimlets were what her dad. She had a real fond memory of having gimlets, and we were at her birthday party, and she was drinking gimlets and out of this special glass. And I found one in a, you know, a antique vintage store somewhere that was a gimlet glass. And it's, I think we've got some, but it's sort of a B-shaped, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, short. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, her dad, that's all he ever made. And this was, you know, our generation's parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they, their kids started getting old enough that they could enjoy life again. <laughs> yes. Which was probably 60s. I'm yeah. just thinking about, like, 
a three gimlet lunch, <laughs> you know, during business Ooh, meetings not or this something. One. I'd <laughs> say two. A nap. Yeah, I'd say two would be the max. On this <laughs> and I think it was it was probably a, a a lady drink too. Like like for us, it was was girls in college mm-hmm. like the. strawberry daiquiris the sweet drinks and i think this without the double alcohol and a sweeter and in a cute little glass Mm -hmm. you know the ladies of the the moms of the 50s when they got together with their white gloves and their little (laughs) pillbox hats Uh i could see maybe jackie kennedy drinking a gimlet i mean don't you think don't you I just have that vision yes probably not substantiated or maybe in movies But um, I don't know where the naval strength came in. Maybe on the coast, maybe in California. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or back east. I don't know. My grandmother was, I'm from an old family. So, like, my dad was 46. My mom was 43. I was kind of this When shock you were born? When I was born, oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so all of my family is older. And my grandmother was the president of the Philharmonic. Oh. Um, mm. And hosted all of these parties and helped write like white gloves and party manners. Oh, really? Oh, fancy <laughs> lady. And her drink of choice was Sambuca. Like just straight Sambuca. What, what is that? It's a. It's like. A liqueur? It is. It is. It's like syrupy and mm. like really strong. So I don't know. Maybe it was just after all of that work that she had to do for the Philharmonic and being a doctor's wife. She was mm-hmm. like, give me the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's how, I mean, that's who I'm thinking of all of those ladies probably right. drinking the right. martinis and right The, and the, the post-war um, right. boom of yep. the, you know, society mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. I think you have another shout out for another gin that you wanted to talk about. Remind me. It's African. Oh, yeah. Uh, our daughter was did a tour in Africa. This Is it the Musgrave? In the Musgrave. Have you ever had, had oh. that before? Yep. And it is made of uh with botanicals from Africa. South Africa, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was lovely. It, I just recently had a gin and tonic with it. It was very lovely. And if you look, since we're looking at that table with, with liquors, you see the bottle that has the little uh, uh, Union Jack bow tie? Ooh. And I forget about this, Jen. We were uh, coming back from a trip to London, Norway and London and had some time at the Gatwick Airport and, or Heathrow, wherever it was. And I, uh, Never buy, this is a long story, I'll cut it short, big bottles of liquor to bring home because it's just a hassle, mm. you know, from the duty-free. And England, it's the opposite of what they tell you at the duty-free. Uh, Well, yeah, I know. You need to buy it and you'll <laughs> save all this money, right? But but anyway, so uh, I'd been on two different trips to London, one with John and just a few months before that with a girlfriend. And gin and tonics there are, every, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So. And they serve them in these beautiful stemmed bowl glasses, sort of like a wine glass, but different. And so I was at the duty free store and they had these, uh, a set, and it was a particular kind of gin 
with two glasses that matched. Blue glasses with these pretty little painted-on botanicals. Oh, man, I think I'm going to buy that set. It was reasonable. And I, there's a, if you travel internationally, the whole TSA and liquor stuff is a revolving or changing event. So anyway, so I picked out this set, and it was in a pretty box. And, uh, and then the saleswoman said, oh, here's a gin that's only sold in England. And it's this, and has this cute little, little bow, tie. bow tie with, you know, whatever. The glass cork. Uh, yeah, like. yeah. And I said, oh, okay, I'll take one of those too. And it's actually um, apple. It's made at an apple orchard that actually usually makes cider. I'm not a big cider apple flavor, so I've sort of just put it there, and I've served it a time or two, and people, ooh, that's really good. But but anyway, there are there's such a variety wherever you go of of uh, local, I guess, especially in England. It's a, you know it's a big Eng- English mm-hmm. started in London, mm-hmm. and it's so fun to try these different local and the small batch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. artisan mm-hmm. type of of gins. Absolutely. So, uh, have y'all ever been to Prague? We have no. not. It's on the list. Okay. Have you? Czech? Anywhere in Czech? Hmm. So now we're in Eastern Europe. We had a big Europe trip and went and stopped and saw our friends in Prague. Oh fun. And our friend Michaela is from outside of Prague, but they treated us to Slivovice, which is a plum liqueur. And mm. it's strong, but it is so good. Like, Ooh. I mean, I, I'm i Japanese, so like plum wine is very familiar to me. Yes. I mm-hmm. have never enjoyed plum wine. <laughs> um, but this is like, you know, an actual alcohol that's been distilled from... Oh, Mm-hmm. Instead and of it's grapes, so yeah. delicious. And just hearing your story mm-hmm. about that, I just re- like it was so fun to travel around and like, yeah, you just give me whatever the locals drink, right? And that's and sometimes that's, it can that's be an, dangerous. Another connection to Miko and I have that we love to travel. We do love to travel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Greece was one where they they hand you the uzo uzo. Gosh, <laughs> I was and somebody was like, "Are you sure you want uzo?" And I was like, "I'm." Might as well. If you like, in Greece. If, um, if you like licorice, you're okay. If you don't like licorice, forget it. We should have a you should have a Uzo well, Greek uh, episode because we've got some <laughs> some stories yeah. there. Can we, we call it Uzo? Uzo. I'm what? sorry, not no offense. I've to written my Greek that friend. on the list for Josh and I to do. Okay. Uzo. Yeah, the Uzo and the Greek foods and restaurants. Anyway. Well, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for this. Well, oh, thank thanks you for, for coming. coming. You've been just a pleasure, and we will have you back. Your drink was so, so, so good. And so weird. So much more no, complicated I'm, than... Well, <laughs> so, yeah, my drink had two components. Mm-hmm. Yours had... Three or three. four, if you count the sugar on the well, rim. Well, typically yep. three, but yours had like six or seven. Yeah, and amazing. But, but 
the point of the story is you did it perfect. So yes. You did it perfect. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You have no idea how much affirmation well, I need <laughs> these days. That's really nice. Michael, you're going to have to listen to this podcast because <laughs> I said she did it perfect. I don't care what you think. And, she did it perfect. And we'll have a challenge. We'll have Michael and yeah. see what his perfect drink is. Oh, my right? gosh. I, Does I he have a specialty? whole, like plan in the future of maybe a tournament oh there you go you know mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. your with josh mm. we can have some competition so you never met josh I'm, i've only met i mean i think i've only heard of josh and yeah. seen pictures and but i know lots about josh from joanne yes and uh josh knows michael from being at at oh really cbg yeah oh my yeah. gosh because he so and, nice. and his friend jordan Love going to bars downtown. And well, and we should host you at is, our house too. How long has he worked there at, at Capitol? Either one eleven and he was at one eleven before COVID. So I want to say from twenty eighteen okay to okay. twenty twenty okay. he was at one eleven, mm-hmm. and then they shut down for right. over right. a year. Mm-hmm. Well, one eleven still shut down, isn't it? It is, except. Last night they had the Opus Ball. Oh yes, and so yes. he got to work in his old bar, which was fun. For oh, him. I bet was and it? I hope. I hope so. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, now he's working at CBG, and the Czech friends that we went and saw mm-hmm. are also there. So, oh, cool. There's like this cool thing going on, but it is a very different place than it used to be. So, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Having somebody that was there prior to the change. Mm-hmm that's been sticking so, around is he's your guy. Yeah. Go get whatever cocktail you want. Well, we'll have to make a trip down there. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. 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 All of you too listening, please do. Come yes. to Little Rock. Yes. <laughs> well, We've got listeners thinking. all over the world, so I well, don't know if they'll come to Little Rock, but yeah. Little Rock is great. I really try mm-hmm. to tell every, I mean, I'm not we from do here. Too. So yeah. we do too. Mm-hmm. It's a convince, it's, mm-hmm. it's something you have to work to convince people to come to, but it's hard to well, make them leave after they come. All right. Well, well thank you. That was Thank fun. you so much for coming. It's been such a pleasure. Cheers. This has been a really Cheers. good podcast. <laughs> of course. As, it was on as many of them are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cocktails is always fun. We just kind of sit here and hang out and drink and we got a little bit of food. Uh, next week, we're doing... Thanksgiving wines, and we're doing Thanksgiving food with those Thanksgiving wines. So we're going to have three different wines. We're going to have Rotor Estates Brut Rosé Sparkling. Can't mm-hmm. say champagne because it's, it's American. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Zoll 2016 Riesling, and we're going to have Louis Jardot Beaujolais Villages 2019 red wine so we're going to have those three and we're going to have thanksgiving food and so i want the listeners to stay tuned come back we appreciate all the listeners and just remember we are acquired tastings we are most active on instagram and facebook on twitter we're acquired tasting how that works out who knows But we want you to keep liking us, stars, doing whatever your podcast asks you to do. And this is John Mills 
and see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.